The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Some Greeks had come to worship at the Passover feast and came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in, in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. I am troubled now, yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? But it was for this purpose that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The, crown, the crowd there heard it and said it was thunder, but others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come for my sake, but for yours. Now is the time of judgment on this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this indicating the kind of death he would die. The Gospel of the Lord. Now has my hour come. This is chapter 12, almost precisely the middle of John's Gospel. For 11 chapters, we've been hearing Jesus say again and again and again, this is not my hour. This is not my hour. This is not my hour. He even, at times, runs away from the leaders of the church and from the Roman leaders. He runs away. Can you imagine Jesus running? You would want to say, why would Jesus not stand his ground? And he would say, my hour has not yet come. But when he hears that the Greeks are seeking after him, he says, now has my hour come. Why is that? It's actually not about these particular people, these particular Greeks. I'm sure he had a good conversation with these particular people. But it's not about these particular. It's about what they symbolize. The Old Testament prophets had said that the hour of the Messiah, the Messianic hour, would come when foreigners, when Greeks, would come to the Jews to worship their God. And so when Jesus hears that the Greeks are seeking him out, he knows this is my moment. This is the hour. And what is the hour? It's the Messianic hour, the Messianic hour, the, the hour that, 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 that Christ saves the world, the whole world. But what is it for him personally? It means that he gathers up all that he has and 
all that he is into one great sacrifice, the sacrifice on the cross. After he said, my hour has come, within eight days, he was crucified on the cross. So his hour met crucifixion. His hour met Calvary when he would be lifted up for the salvation of the world. Every single one of us, from one time to another, time to time, not often, but every now and then in our life, every single one of us is asked to face our own hour. Every one of us is asked to follow in the footsteps of Christ up the hill of Calvary. Every one of us has a moment here and there when we're asked to gather all that we are into one great sacrifice. For everyone, our Calvary is a little different. Perhaps for you, it means making a painful and sacrificial choice as a parent, or maybe a difficult thing as a difficult action as, as a spouse, or maybe it has something to do with the right thing to do, a hard choice you have to make in your, in your employment, or maybe it's something to do with you being an adult child of your elderly parents and you have to do something very painful. Maybe it's about holding on to some relationship that's very difficult and very painful for you to hold on to. Or ironically, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's about letting go of some relationship that you've been clinging to. Every single one of us has a different Calvary, but every one of us has a Calvary. Every one of us has an hour, a moment when we stop running and, and face our cross and say yes to our cross. I would like to share with you a personal experience of one of these hours that I myself experienced. The Jesuits have a very long formation before we are finally completed and, and make our final vows. We say that the SJ behind our name stands for slow Jesuit because our training is so long. Mine was 20 years. I was in training for 20 years before I took my final vows. And in the very last stage of formation, my tertian master, the spiritual leader of the last stage of my formation, he said to me and all my tertian classmates, he said, he said that, that this moment, the moment of final vows, is when you go, when you transition from from being a recipient of the Jesuit tradition to being a bearer of the Jesuit tradition. And sure enough, immediately after the very day I took final vows, I became the novice director and found myself bearing the tradition for young men who wanted to become priests and brothers. One of the most difficult things about being a novice director is that you have to make very difficult, painful choices. And the most difficult of all is when you have to ask a young man to leave because it isn't quite the right fit. This isn't his calling. I didn't have to do it often in the 10 years, but every now and then I had to ask someone to leave the novitiate. I'm happy to tell you it wasn't for any scandalous reason. You would not be scandalized for the reasons. No, it's more, this simply wasn't this, this young man's calling. Early in my time as novice director, 
I had such a difficult moment. The, the novitiate was hosting two different provinces, one of them mine and the other one a province that did not know me well. And so these Jesuits didn't know me very well. And I had to ask a young man from that province to leave the novitiate. And he had lots of friends who were Jesuits, influential Jesuits in that province, who didn't know me. They only knew this young man. And this young man went back and, and started saying terrible things about me to bring my reputation down, even work towards getting me fired from my job as novice director. And I knew that this was all going to come. And so it was my hour. It was my hour. Jesus, in today's gospel, says this heartbreaking thing. He says this. He says, my heart is troubled now. But what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? It is for this that I came. Father, glorify your name. In that short paragraph, we hear Jesus agonizing over his hour. Jesus agonizing over doing what he knows to be the right thing. What he was what he came for, the whole purpose of his existence on earth was for this hour. And so he said, no, Father, glorify your name. Glorify your name. At that crucial moment when I had to make that difficult call as a novice director, I heard those very words of scripture at mass, and I knew they were for me. I knew that like Jesus, I had to say, Shall I say, Father, take this hour from me? No, it's for this that I came. I heard the Lord say, this is why you were trained for 20 years. This is why you were the recipient of the tradition so that your moment would come when you would bear the tradition. What about you? Can you think of a time in your past when your hour came? A moment when, when Christ asked you to go to your own hill of Calvary, make your own choice that, that was painful for you, that you knew would come at a great cost for you? Is there some moment like that coming soon? You see it coming in a horizon like Jesus sees it in today's gospel? Is now, this moment, your hour? And what will you do? What will you say? Father, save me from this hour? Or will you say, no, Father, glorify your name? But the gospel is good news. And there are good news in two ways today. Number one, Christ has made the great sacrifice. The sacrifices that we make are the earthly sacrifices, but Christ has made the cosmic sacrifice. And he doesn't ask us to make that the one that has eternal implications, he's made that sacrifice for us. That's why he did it. That's the first good news. The second good news is this. Christ says that anyone who gives up something difficult, something painful, anyone who comes to their own Calvary, anyone who takes up their own cross will be rewarded a hundredfold. Everyone who goes to Calvary on Good Friday will approach Easter Sunday, soon enough. 
A couple of years after that difficult moment when I asked that young man to leave, I saw him at an event. And he pulled me aside and he said, I want you to know that I'm sorry for talking about you. And I realized that you were right all along, that this was not my calling. And so my Easter Sunday came. And your Easter Sunday will come too if you follow in Christ's footsteps, if you say yes to your hour, if you gather all that you are into one great sacrifice when the Lord calls you to do so.